Most of our world has been destroyed. Civilization is in a time of great danger. Our survival requires your attention. Our survival requires your labor. Our survival requires your submission. Product must be. The product must be consumed. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. Some folks have a strange idea entertainment. The following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. It's like this. We live in claustrophobia, the land of steel and concrete. Trapped by dark waters, there is no escape, nor do we want it. We've come to thrive on it and each other. You can't get the adrenaline pumping without the terror. Good people. I love this town. And I love my podcast still. I hope all of you do after last week. Super Mario Brothers, yeah! I know, right? I was pretty harsh on that movie. Which is kind of funny because this week I just watched, uh, what, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Both movies that are pretty bad. But, I don't know, I have a soft spot for them. Why I don't like Super Mario Brothers, I don't fucking know. But anyways, that was last week. Let's move on! It's a new week, new episode. Episode 21 of the Next Level Network production of What Lurks by Podcast Zero. And it's Friday the 13th, Part 8. Jason Takes Manhattan. Anyways, that's going to be the, the movie that I talk about in a bit. I got a lot of stuff to talk about this week writing out my notes last night and it's like story after story after story it's like wow i have a lot to talk about <laughs> vacation weeks gotta love them all this free time on my hands and do whatever the fuck i want including watching castle rock um what four episodes now the, uh, the fourth one just dropped last night or yesterday whatever um i don't want i'm not spoiling anything so i'm not gonna go into details about anything just everybody needs to watch it uh four episodes in and so far it's fantastic i uh i love it it's a bit of a slow burn at first um but the payoff is now starting to heat up we're getting some really great acting and holy shit a fuck ton of easter eggs i can't keep up on them all i know there i fuck i i don't think there's a single one of us that has caught every single egg yet like it's kind of cool though because i watched Cujo last week um actually like the day before i started watching castle rock so i caught the easter egg of there's the one part where you see on the tv screen the guy eating the cereal and i was like hey that's a reference to cujo so uh, kind of cool um 
So yeah, there were. Uh, I, I should mention this. Uh, reports are saying that uh, there will be more seasons, and that each season will serve as a new story in an anthology of unreleased Stephen King stories. So that it sounds pretty fucking cool, actually. Like I said, I'm really enjoying it. Um, if you are in the states, you can watch it on Hulu. Uh, if you're in Canada, Space, uh, Space TV Network. Or their, uh, what is it, Space Go app or whatever. Um, all the episodes are there. So, or you can do it, you know, <clears throat> the illegal way. But anyways, uh, yeah, so it's kind of, you know, I was thinking about it. It's kind of like American Horror Story, except I like this. <laughs> um, American Horror Story, first two seasons were pretty much about the only two I liked. Anything after that, I was kind of like, meh, whatever. But, um... No, it's a good series. I definitely recommend it, especially if you are a fan of Stephen King, which I am a huge fan of Stephen King. Um, I'm kind of half and half. I've read a lot of his books, but I've seen a lot of his movies. But some of the movies I've seen, I haven't read the books and vice versa. So uh, I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest Stephen King fan of all time, but I, I like my Stephen King, uh, which was actually... After watching Castle Rock, I kind of went on a bit of a kick for a few days. Uh, like I said, I watched Cujo beforehand. Uh, and then after, I went and uh, finally watched Needful Things. I I know, bad as it sounds, I'd never seen it before. I liked it. It was good. Ed, Ed Harris is fucking awesome. But, I mean, we all knew that already. But, yeah, I enjoyed that one. And I finally watched the two movies that were on Netflix, uh, 1922 and Gerald's Game. So... 1922 was really good. Um, I was impressed with Thomas Jane, actually. I know I read some people were complaining about his accent or whatever, how it's not completely accurate. I'm not from the South, so I wouldn't have known. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, eh, it sounds fine to me. Um, but I, yeah, I like 1922. I kind of like Gerald's game better. Um, Bruce Greenwood was fucking amazing in that, as batshit crazy as he was, especially once he was dead. Uh, spoilers but um yeah i enjoyed gerald's game a lot uh a, a lot more than i did 1922 not saying that 1922 was bad i kind of dug that one as well but i like gerald's game better um and uh so i'm gonna quickly segue into books because stephen king writes books i found some awesome books this past week I don't know how many of you, I, well, you guys, are, for those of you who have heard this podcast before and you, you know, like I'm very much an 80s kid and whatnot, I grew up on that 80s series V, you know, the one that had uh, Mark Singer, uh, Faye Grant, Jane Badler, Robert England, of course, Robert England. What haven't I seen? Well, no, I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of Robert England's shit I still haven't seen. But anyways, like I, I love that series growing up as a kid. And so I go uh, thrift store shopping. Uh, just well, actually it was like a couple days ago and I found like a series of like eight books they're novels um, like short stories uh, pertaining to the V universe so I fuck two dollars a piece I was like mine 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 I know I, I was in heaven I didn't even know these books existed um, some of the titles I have the books sitting right here like some of the titles like the Chicago conversion the Florida project the alien sword master the New England Resistance, um, what else? The Texas Run, eight books, and I haven't started them yet. I want to. I can't wait to like dig into them, but they're fucking awesome. Like it, 
and they're all all the books are in good condition and whatnot. I mean, there's a bit of wear on the spines and whatnot, but I mean the books still look good. The covers are intact and everything. So kudos to me and yay, what a score! Um, and then this past week, I also added a uh, a bunch of new uh, physical copies of movies uh, a lot of them i already had digitally many of them i grew up watching on like cable tv and shit like that but i didn't actually own them uh elvira mistress of the dark was one of them um buffy the vampire slayer manhunter um which is uh it's like the prequel to silence of the lambs but it actually came out before silence of the lambs um so it's not technically a prequel but I mean, Silence kind of went its own way, and then Sir Anthony Hopkins did Hannibal Lecter for a few films there, but um, this is a different actor. I believe William Peterson, if I remember correctly, is the actor who plays Hannibal Lecter, I think, or it's Brian Cox or something like that. I Fuck, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I can't wait to actually watch it again, but <clears throat> I also got uh, Dark Water with Jennifer Connelly, just because Jennifer Connelly's in it. Um, yeah, move on. Um, <laughs> actually, I uh, I only saw that movie once, and it was a long time ago, and I don't remember it. So I saw it for like three bucks, and I was like, mine. I might as well watch this again. I uh, finally got a copy of The Ring because um, I didn't actually have that one. So added that one. Uh, what else? Uh, Top Gun <laughs> because I had it digitally and on VHS, but I never I've never owned it on DVD or Blu-ray. So I was like, mm, okay, I'll buy this one too. So, but uh, watching Elvira was definitely fun. I watched that actually last night, and fuck, I was laughing my ass off. I forgot how campy that fucking movie was. Uh, speaking of Elvira, actually, what kind of started the whole thing with the Elvira kind of thing was uh, there's that website, uh, 2B TV, T U B I TV, or whatever. Um, anyways, there's uh, two, I believe there's two episodes from her old TV show uh, Elvira's Movie Macabre but it's like the ones from the early 80s and in the one that I watched she was hosting the movie Frankenstein's Castle of Freaks god what a bad fucking movie but holy shit that was fun to watch like just just Elvira being Elvira and whatnot and I mean it was in her like her earlier phases so like you know the the wig wasn't as high off her head and stuff like that but it was kind of fun to watch. It also made me realize how much I miss, um, like, horror hosts. You know, we, we need that to return. Uh, thankfully, Shudder gave us Joe Bob Briggs, but I realized, like, I miss that. Like, when I was a kid growing up, like, and I, I've talked about it on my previous podcast, uh, the Bats, Bows, and Books uh, podcast, and I think I've even talked about it on here. Like, growing up as a kid, Shocktober was, like, two weeks of horror movies on Channel 50 in Detroit. And Count Scary was, like, the host. And he always had, like, his little, like, you know, interludes. And, like, he would, you know, uh, what, what's the words I'm thinking of? Like, he would, like, introduce the movie. And then at the very end, he would have, like, you know, his, like, final thoughts. And plus, at each commercial break, he would have something funny to say. A lot like what Elvira does and Joe Bob Briggs and whatnot. It made me realize how much I missed that because, like, that was, like, a part of my childhood growing up. And it's like, fuck, you know, we need that shit to return. Like, we need we need to have, like, someone who's, like, a, a big name in the horror community or whatever. Like, just, you know, come back and introduce these movies and have, like, witty comments and, 
you know, make fun of the, the really bad B movies and shit like that. It's missing, you know, and especially these younger generations, they don't they don't have that. You know what I mean? Like we're like those of us that are older that grew up with that. We remember remember the laughs we had and how much it made the movies more enjoyable. They don't have that these days. And, you know, like watching the um, Joe Bob Briggs last week and then seeing the old episode of Elvira's movie macabre and stuff like that. It's like made me realize maybe I should go into doing that. What do you think? Uh, no, I, I'm not clever enough. I don't think. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess if I had preparation time, but I can't think of shit like on the go like that sometimes. I mean, except like when I'm by myself and no one's around and I'm making commentary, laughing at my own commentary, and it's like there's no one here to hear it. So, uh, anyways, moving on. The whole social media thing. I need to. Uh, say welcome for any of you who maybe Lou, Lou uh, know that this episode is going to go in the Lou but um, anyone who might be a new uh, listener to the podcast uh, and the reason I say that is because my Facebook account uh, I think I got what like something like 12 or 13 new followers uh, Instagram I in the past week or two I think I've averaged about uh, you know 20 new uh, followers so hopefully some of you are listening to the podcast as well, and welcome. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm not going to lie. Everyone and their mother has a podcast these days, and especially in you know genres like comic books or horror movies. There's a lot of people doing podcasts like for these you know these genres and like these types of fandoms and whatnot. The fact that I have like 70 followers on my Facebook page, and you know close to about 130 or so on my Instagram account means a lot to me. So if you're new to this and you're listening, thank you very much. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you following. Uh, If you know anyone who'd be interested in listening to me babble for, you know, an hour or so each week, you know, tip them off. Let them know there's this shitty podcast that, you know, they might like, Um, you know, anyways, uh, thank you. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Um, oh, I, one more thing before we get into our uh, movie of the week. August 2nd was an interesting day. Uh, lately, uh, with the Facebook account, I've been trying to do a lot more posting and whatnot. And one thing I can get away with on the account without you know Facebook saying copyright infringement. Um, trailers, movie trailers, they seem to be okay with me adding those. So I've been adding a lot of trailers lately. And doing the whole, you know, this day in, you know, film history, this movie was released and whatnot. And August 2nd was an interesting one, because talk about a day for anniversaries. Um, (laughs) So, three movies were all released on the same day, in the same year. Uh, Fright Night, Weird Science and Phenomena, or in the States it was known as Creepers. Uh, All three of them were released August 2nd, 1985. Uh, that was like really fucking cool and not to mention Body Parts was released like six years later in 1991 so August 2nd was a nice day for movies and I don't know like I wrote it on like like my uh, on both Facebook and Instagram Phenomena for me is in my top 20 favorite movies uh, Fright Night is up there as well but Phenomena is one that I find a lot of it, it doesn't get the recognition it deserves it's a lot better than I think a lot of people realize. It, yeah, it's it's an Argento film. It's got some weird dubbing and whatnot, but there's some really good special effects in that movie. And 
I mean, obviously everybody knows Fright Night, and I'm talking the original, not that bad remake. Um, I mean, if you like the remake, don't get me wrong. I, I know there's a big following for it, and there's a lot of people that do like it. I can't get behind it, and I'll I'll admit it. I think it's because I'm an '80s kid. I grew up with the '85 Fright Night. Chris Sarandon was fucking amazing in that movie. Um, I absolutely like Chris Sarandon alone was like a big part of my, um, I guess you'd say like, you know, preteen to early teen lifespan. There, like, you figure in that time period, he was in The Princess Bride, he was in Fright Night, he was in Child's Play. And he was the voice of Jack Skellington in The Nightmare Before Christmas. Chris Sarandon's kind of a big name for, like, that time period of my life. So, obviously, like, Fright Night is definitely up there in, like, you know, within my top 30, top 20, whatever. But Phenomena is, fuck, I'd probably even put it close to the top 10. Like, I love that fucking movie. And, like I said, I know it doesn't get the recognition it deserves, but there are some really cool special effects in that movie, and... Not to mention, it's a girl who plays with bugs. Like, it's kind of fucking cool in a way. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's our movie of the week. Jason Takes Manhattan. Or, well, parts of Canada. Anyways, um, I'll get into that when I do my rundown. Uh, but that that movie came out July 28th, uh, 1989. Uh, so, again, within the past week, um, <laughs> there's been a lot of trailers and shit that I've been adding on facebook and you know it's just cool because it's all these movies that i love lately howard the duck was one that was just recent which i'm going to quickly say this and then we uh move on to the you know the meat of the episode and whatnot but howard the duck gets like so unfairly discredited because that movie for the time it came out and for what it was i mean first off the movie doesn't take itself seriously i don't know why everyone else does because clearly when you're watching this movie it's a cheese fest and it knows it is it's not trying to be fucking great but uh, you know people they gotta complain about something but you gotta think about it first of all it's a marvel character that most people didn't even realize it was a comic book character so it's one of the first like comic book movies of of that time i mean yes we had superman in the 70s and obviously you know the 80s early 80s that really bad supergirl movie um which I own. You know me. If it's a bad movie, I own it. Um, but uh, I got it for five bucks, actually. It's not bad. Uh, I know some people are like, that is $4.99 more than I would have paid for it. But yeah, I, I get it. Not everyone likes that movie. Even I have a hard time watching it, but I do own it. Uh, getting back to my point, though. Um, but Howard the Duck, like, it's it's cheesy, it's stupid, it's fun. It's, it's Tim Robbins... You know, talking like Daffy Duck at one point or Donald Duck, whichever one. <laughs> Fuck, they both sound the same. Um, you know, you got a really hot Leah Thompson, which back in the day, she was quite the foxy little lady. So whatever. I Yeah, I know there's the whole scene where she might have had sex with a duck and whatever. I mean, fuck, there's weirder movies out there. Trust me. Um, one is called a Serbian film. But anyways, uh I don't know. People shit on uh, Howard the Duck so much. And I know, supposedly, I know there's this rumor out there that George Lucas apparently was, like, totally against it and didn't want his name on it and this and that. According to some of the research I did and reading up on it, he never said such things. So, I don't know. I, myself, personally, I've never heard an interview or read an interview where he was quoted saying that. 
but I don't know. Apparently he did. He didn't. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck cares? Howard the Duck is a stupid movie that's meant to be fun. It's still have fun with it. And that's my piece on Howard the Duck. It's time to move on now. Jason is going to take over New York. Well, not really, because that's only for like the last 25 minutes of the movie. But it is what it is. Um, so yeah, we're gonna. It, you know how you know how I always do this. I like to throw like a trailer or a TV spot or whatever. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't going with the the official trailer for this uh, this movie because. The official trailer for this movie is pretty much a lot of music and then some screaming at the end. Um, sure, if you got the visuals, it looks cool. You you got Jason, you know, he's staring at the the you know the skyline of New York City and whatnot. But to listen to it, uh-uh, it ain't gonna fucking work. So I grabbed a uh, a sound clip from a TV spot. So we're gonna drop that, and when we come back, let's talk some Jason taking Manhattan. Back in a moment. There's a storm at sea. You're all gonna die. And it's blowing terror to the Big Apple. Now, the only safe place to be. You are dead meat. Yo, man, it's cool. It's cool, man. It's cool. Is out of town. Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, Rated R. Starts Friday, July 28th, at Theaters Everywhere. Alright, welcome back, everyone. Okay, so, before we get into the movie, there was one thing I wanted to add. I forgot when I was talking earlier. So, last week when I did Super Mario Brothers, I know, trust me, I'm going to drop the movie, okay? Just there's something I have to add here because it would be improper of me not to acknowledge this. So, last week when I was talking about Super Mario Brothers, I was talking about Princess Daisy. And I said, where the fuck did Daisy come from? Like, I, I had no fucking clue. I uh, was uh, informed by a, a friend of mine, TJ, actually. Which, thank you, TJ, for setting the record straight for me. Uh, so, Daisy apparently came from the Game Boy game, uh, Super Mario Land. That was her first appearance in 1989. I fucked up on that one. So, that one's on me. Um, I did say last week, if anyone knew you know, where Daisy came from, inform me. Let me know that I'm a fucktard. And TJ, you know, stepped up to the plate and hit the home run. So, thanks, buddy. Uh, no, but seriously, I did fuck that one up. I, I I don't play handheld games. I, I fuck I hardly play console games as it is and PC gaming. Uh, I have Batman Arkham Origins on my PC. That's it. I, I am not like you guys know I'm not a gamer. I probably shouldn't have even done the whole E3 themed uh, horror movie thing, but I do like movies that are based on video games even though I suck at video games. so I don't know. I wanted to do that. I know it took a lot longer than it should have. But fuck who the hell cares because now let's talk about a movie i do know a lot about and a movie that i grew up with as a kid um it's my second favorite movie in the friday the 13th uh series of films which a lot of people usually scratch their head and wonder how it's my second favorite yeah my first favorite is friday the 13th part four the final chapter that is my ultimate favorite friday movie uh and that's because of a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously the nostalgia uh, to the movie. That was also the first Friday the 13th I ever saw. 
So, and then I went back and watched parts one, two, and three, but um, that was the first one I saw. It's kind of always stuck with me. And I mean, Corey Feldman's in it. Not that I'm a huge Corey Feldman fan, because I'm really not, but it's just, he's kind of cool in it. Uh, so, but yeah, this this movie that we're talking about this week, or we're, me and all my multiple personalities. How you doing, Paul? Paul, you're doing fucking great, aren't you? Yes, I am. There. Anyways. So, Friday the 13th, part 8. Jason takes Manhattan. Uh, so I'm doing things a little bit differently here. Um, when I talk about, like, the cast, for instance... I'm only going to be talking about, like, you know, maybe four or five of the cast members. I'm not doing a full run-through anymore. Uh, I'm not going... I, I'm, the synopsis, I may, like, kind of, like, just generalize on it and whatnot. I, I kind of want to break away from being so specific and stuff because, honestly, the part that most people are interested in is what I thought of the movie. So, I'm kind of... I'll give you, like, the pointers, the quick pointers and shit, but I more just want to talk about, like, the movie and what I remember of it, why it's so important to me, that kind of shit. Uh, but I will say that this movie was released July 28th, 1989. Uh, was directed by Rob Hedden, who also wrote the film, and it was based on characters created by Victor Miller, which, if Victor Miller is listening to this, I know he's not. But if he is, could you and uh, Sean Cunningham there, Sean S. Cunningham, can you guys, like, settle your little differences and, like, can we just move on because... I hate, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually wouldn't mind another Friday the 13th movie. Um, I know, kind of weird that I'm saying that, but it's kind of the truth. Uh, can we get another one, please? Thank you. So, I don't know. Anyways, um, so yeah, I released in 1989, which um, I wrote this somewhere down here somewhere, but I'm going to talk about it now. If you haven't seen, um, when they were promoting the film, there was this fucking really cool thing, and... I find a lot of horror fans know about this, but there are a few that don't, so that's why I'm bringing it up. Arsenio Hall, back in the day, had his own talk show uh, late night. I think it came on at like 11.30 at night. He had a lot of cool like um, like celebrities on there. Fuck, I saw NWA perform on there and Public Enemy and... Uh, he had like I think he had Will Smith at one point, and like he had like uh, he specialized in like rap artists, which was kind of cool because especially rap in the the mid to late '80s was really good. I'm not big on today's rap music, but anything that came out like in the the '70s and '80s, fuck, I love that shit. But uh, anyways, so there was this promotional um, idea, I guess they came up with whether it was Paramount or whoever. To have Arsenio Hall have Jason Voorhees as a guest on his show. And it's probably six and a half minutes of the funniest shit I've ever seen. It is hilarious. I did post it on the Facebook page, so you can go there. But if not, and you know, you just want to find it like really easily, go on YouTube and search Arsenio Hall Friday the 13th. You'll get it and just watch it. It's a VHS rip. Whoever the nice soul was that ripped that thing, thank you so much. Because it now lives forever on the internet, and it's it's fucking awesome. So I wanted to mention that. I, I like I said, I wrote it somewhere in my notes, and when I get to it, I'll be like, oh yeah, hey. But yeah, that happened. It, it was fucking awesome. But anyways, starring cast. So I wrote down. I think I got like four or five of them here, and that's about it. Um. So starting off with Jensen Daggett, who plays Rennie. She's like the main female of the movie, whatnot. Uh, this was her first role in anything. Um, it's actually her first credited role. 
And afterwards, she wasn't in a whole lot. She was, oh, I wonder how many of you remember this. There was a made-for-TV movie um, called Project ALF. It was based off of the TV series ALF. Uh, she was in that, actually, and she was also in Major League Back to the Minors, which I've only seen that once. I'm a huge fan of the first Major League movie, but the other ones that followed, it was kind of me, whatever. Um but the interesting thing, the reason why I brought up about Project ALF is because it was actually just reported two days ago, maybe, three days ago. Uh, ALF, uh, Warner Brothers, is thinking of rebooting it. So at first when I heard this, I was like, nah, fuck, don't do this shit. Because, you know, you always worry. You're like, fuck, they're going to go CGI. They're going to make it look fucking campy and shit like that. And I'm sorry, I don't know how many of you watch Mr. Robot, but Mr. Robot, I believe in season three, which was just the past season, uh, they brought Alf back. There's actually a part where, um, uh, shit, what's his fucking name? Well, Rami Malek's character. Fuck, I'm having a blank at the moment. But anyways, he like sees Alf. And I, I can't remember if it was like a hallucination or something like that. But anyways, Alf is in the show for, I think it was like a minute. It wasn't long, but it was the puppet. And it was done like with the original voice and the original look and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so if Warner Brothers wants to reboot ALF, I'm cool with this. Stick with the puppet. Okay, don't go and fuck this up. Don't CGI this. Don't make it fucking, you know, some weird digital looking thing or whatever. No, if you stick with the puppet, I'm cool with a reboot. Apparently, and this is kind of like the rumor online, so there's nothing accurate about this at all. But supposedly, an idea that's been floating around is that they have that Alf escapes uh, Area 51 uh, because that's where he supposedly has been kept or whatever, and that it will show Alf in current day, like trying to adjust to a 2018 life as opposed to, you know, 1980s life or whatever, which, God, you know, that would be fucking depressing if he had to see what the world's like today. But anyways... So, getting back to actually Friday the 13th related shit, uh, Jensen Daggett, yeah, she, she plays Rennie, she plays the main character, um, like I said, she wasn't in a whole lot, but she was in that, and with the recent news, I was like, I'm adding that to my notes, um, Scott Reeves. Scott Reeves plays Sean in this. He's, I guess he's kind of like the boyfriend or whatever, like the, the main male character or whatever. Uh, he's a TV guy. Uh, how he got that? Well, I read somewhere that they actually had another actor prior to him, but the actor wasn't working out, and the chemistry between, um, like him and Jensen Daggett wasn't working, so they got rid of that actor and they brought in Scott Reeves. So that's how he got the role. But he's primarily a TV guy, and at that, soap operas. Uh, he had done a lot of soaps, including General Hospital and The Young and the Restless. And the reason I mentioned Young and the Restless, because we all know our one of our favorite scream queens, Barbara Crampton, uh, was also in that show at one point. And she was on Young and the Restless for quite a while, actually. Uh, Scott Reeves also apparently was on the, the CMT show Nashville. I guess he was on it for like two seasons or something. But uh, like I say, like he, he's a TV guy. He didn't have many um, major like movie roles. Uh prior to or after Friday the 13th Part 8. 
moving on, Peter Mark Richmond as Charles McCullough. He was like, um, he was Rennie's uncle, I guess, who was like the supervising, I don't know, I guess he was a teacher or whatever, or principal, or whatever. Uh, anyways, he's been, a, a, again, a, a fuck ton of TV, uh, including shows like Wonder Woman, Swamp Thing, the series, Incredible Hulk, Batman, the animated series, Star Trek, the next generation, Murder, she wrote, uh, Knight Rider, um, the original dynasty and love boat. And I think it was love boat was the one I noticed he'd been on it like four times. He played four different roles. (laughs) beyond me i how, how do you have a guy who comes back and keeps looking the same but he's playing four different roles but i mean it's love boat so i obviously nobody took it that seriously um the one that i took note of uh was swamp thing the series uh as a matter of fact i just watched the original swamp thing movie this past week as well uh I, i'm kind of excited because i know that james wan is doing a swamp thing series and i'm i'm looking forward to it uh as long as Swamp Thing is not in a rubber suit, but the CGI looks okay, I'm good with this. Um, but yeah, uh, Peter Mark Richmond. It was kind of funny too because like the whole time you see like uh, McCullough in the in, in the movie, I'm like, dude, this fucker looks so familiar, and he's one of those faces that like when you see him, you know you've seen him somewhere else, but you can't you can't actually place it. He's got one of those kinds of faces. And so when I was looking up his like acting like credits and whatnot, it it was like long. I I think only Christopher Lee has a longer fucking resume than this guy. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. You guys have seen the movie, you know. Like he's he's just got one of those faces. And uh, so yeah, uh, Batman the animated series. So I was I was surprised he was. On, it was only one episode, uh, but I that one caught me for. Uh, like caught me for a surprise. I was like, Oh shit. And he did voice acting too. That's cool. Um, so I mentioned these next two and I mentioned them because even though like a lot of the teenagers in this, in this movie were kind of like passable and we really didn't care for them. We just wanted to watch Jason kill them. Um, the one, uh, Vincent Craig Dupree, he was Julius. He's the boxer. He's the one who gets his, you know, head knocked off and, you know, take your best shot, motherfucker, that guy. Uh, he was not in a lot of projects. Um, his resume for acting is very fucking small. Uh, however, he was in Knight Rider as well. Uh, not the same episode as uh, Richmond, but he was in a Knight Rider episode. Uh, he was in the movies Dutch and South Central. Uh, he was on the TV show FBI, The Untold Stories. And he had one appearance on Freddy's Nightmares, which I thought that was pretty cool because Freddy's Nightmares is a show, man... I know that they're probably, you know, I don't want to reboot it out, obviously. And, like, without Robert Englund, don't fucking do it. But, God, I wish we could get, like, a Blu-ray release of that or something. I know. And don't get me wrong. I know the fucking episodes are campy, and I know they look like shit. I don't fucking care. I grew up on that show. I loved it. And it would just be nice to have the full season in, you know, nice, rich 1080p. And I know you don't care, but I care, so... Fuck you. No, I'm kidding. No, actually, I, to be quite honest, I know a lot of you would probably agree with me. Uh, and the other the other cast member I wanted to mention, and she had actually a really small role in this, but she went on to huge things, so that's why I mentioned her. Uh, Kelly Hugh. She played Eva Watanabe. 
Um, she's like uh, uh, Tamara's like friend there. That's like, oh, I I don't know if I want to do these drugs, and I don't know if I want to do this, and I don't know. And she seemed like she was like kind of like the you know the shy little like I don't I don't want to call her a prude or anything, but she was like she was the one that seemed like she was uneasy with like you know going against the grain and breaking the rules and shit like that. Anyways, she's in this, but the reason why I mentioned her is because of all the things she did afterwards. Um, I mean, including roles like uh, in uh, X-Men X2, she was Lady Deathstrike, uh, voiced Cheshire in the Young Justice uh, animated series. She's uh, the voice of Lady Shiva in Batman Arkham Origins, which is kind of interesting about that game because, in my opinion, that's my favorite of the Arkham games. And every time I say that, it's like, you know, people are like it's like they're ready to whip their Batman Bibles at me like it's fucking blasphemy. I love that fucking game. I I have played that one more than any of the Arkham games. Don't ask me why. I just fucking love it. Um, and she does the voice of Lady Shiva. Uh, she's been on Arrow. Uh, for those of you who are Arrow fans, um, she played China White. Uh, primarily in seasons one and two. Uh, I know she's had a few appearances afterwards, but she was primarily, primarily in the uh, first two seasons. She was also in the Scorpion King. Uh, she was in the Doors. I totally forgot she was in the Doors. She plays Dorothy, which is, uh, if I remember correctly, she's like Ray Manzarek's um, girlfriend. Like uh, Kyle MacLachlan uh, played Ray Manzarek. If I remember correctly, she's his girlfriend in the movie. Um, and I totally forgot that. Uh, she's been in CSI New York, uh, Robot Chicken. Um, the list goes on. I, I could have spent like an hour just writing them all down, but it was like, fuck, just write the main ones that I remember her from. Um, and obviously, okay, I, I, you can't, you can't talk about the cast of this movie without talking about this man, Kane fucking Hodder. And no, his middle, his middle name is not actually fucking, I just threw it in there for, you know, pizzazz and whatnot. Um, you know, make it snazzy, but, uh, <laughs> gee, I wonder who he played. Like, really? Um, yeah, so Kane Hodder as Jason Voorhees. And uh, do I really need to go through his resume? Oh, why not? No, uh, I'm not going to go through a lot of this. But, I mean, he's been in four Friday the 13th films. Uh, the, obviously, the Hatchet series as Victor Crowley and in the movie Victor Crowley, which I really do like those movies. Um, I know the first one is the best, obviously. But I I like those movies. I'm not gonna lie, they're they're fun. Uh, he's uh, in Death House. He was in uh, Ed Gein, The Butcher of Plainfield, um, which I've never seen that yet. I I mean to, and I haven't seen it yet. He was in the movie Monster. He's been a stunt guy on like you know tons of fucking movies. And when I was looking him up, I noticed he's got something like another like 15 projects listed that are coming up. Um, go check him out on IMDb. He's got like some pretty cool ones coming up. There's like a, um, oh, what did I see? I think it's called 86 Zombies or something like that. It's coming up. It's like a TV series. He's going to be in that. So yeah, you know, go go check it out. See what he's listed for. But he's got a lot coming up. And I mean, obviously right now, Dread Central is, uh, you know, really promoting their uh, their documentary on him. Uh, Kane Hodder, the, you know, the Kane Hodder story to hell and back. So yeah, he, he's a busy man lately. I, I was lucky enough. I got to meet him uh, back in April, I think. It was, yeah, it was April. Uh, he was in London, Ontario at uh, Shockstock. Uh, I'm looking forward to that again next year. But um, 
he was he, he, fuck he was a really cool guy like really down to earth and shit i you know i'm not gonna lie i think that's why i love the horror genre so much and i'm not saying they're all like this but so many people you meet in the horror genre are just really fucking cool and down to earth and you know really easy to talk to and shit like that and he he was no like no exception to the rule he, he was totally awesome to meet um as a matter of fact, the uh, I got a litho signed uh, by him, and it's actually uh, from this movie. It's the scene where he punches Julius's uh, head right off t- down the fucking roof and into the dumpster. So, um, so quickly, let's uh, go through some of my thoughts. Actually, I have quite a few thoughts, but whatever. Uh, you tuned in, so I'm going to make you listen. Um, <laughs> and that's when everyone just hits stop. But anyways, no, this movie is fucking fun as hell. I don't care how campy it is. I don't care that people are like, oh, it's stupid or, you know, uh, what it, some of the rumors suggest that, you know, the whole fo- the whole fucking movie was filmed in Vancouver and not New York. So what? Um, although, you know, the shots in Times Square, I, I've actually read this in several different spots, so it, I'm going to assume it's fact. Um, the shots in Times Square actually were in Times Square. They did film some of this movie in New York, so maybe not all of it. And I mean, a lot of like the boat scenes and, you know, up on the docks and whatnot. Yeah, that was all in Canada, but fuck you. Who cares? It's still Jason took Manhattan for 25 minutes in the fucking movie. Like, get over it. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but JJ, uh, JJ's death in the boiler room area or wherever that was on the boat, you know, when, when she's playing her guitar and rocking out, like seriously, she's not even rocking out. She puts a fucking tape in there, presses play and that's the music. Uh, I don't get it. But anyways, um, her death was awesome. I just wish we would have actually seen the guitar, like connect with her head. And I know you're saying that's pretty fucking sadistic. Yes, I am. Fuck you. But, um, <laughs> no, but seriously, um, sometimes I, in, especially with 80 slashers, I mean, some of them were more graphic than others, obviously like movies like pieces, uh, the mutilator is pretty fucking, uh, graphic in its own ways. And, you know, some of the nightmare on Elm streets got graphic and some of them didn't whatnot, but, um, I always found with the Friday the 13th as, as fun as they are and as cool as they were, some of the gore was really, we didn't get to see it as it happened. We'd always see the after effects at the end of the movie when, you know, you got your final girl running around and she's running into all the dead bodies and stuff. Yeah, you see the after effects, um, including JJ. She's one of them. We saw her like face was like bashed in or whatever, but we never got to actually see like, you know, like the, the guitar connect with her head. And I, I would have loved to have seen that, but just to see how creative they would have been with it. I'm not saying I'm, you know, wishing harm upon someone because, you know, all actors were not harmed in this film, okay? <laughs> and, like, Julius's death, like, you know, the whole boxing on the roof, and then Jason, like, winds up and just pops the head right off. And, I mean, obviously, that's that's one of the highlights of the movie. There's a reason why, like, you know, when I met Kane Hodder, he had a litho of that that he was able to sign because, like, it's one of the most iconic scenes from that movie. Um and then there's obviously the scene when, you know, Jason's walking along and he knocks like those, those punk kids have their radio playing and he knocks it over and they're like, you're dead meat slime bag. And he like lifts his mask and they fucking run like hell. Do you know, it's interesting because even as a 42 year old man, who's almost 43, 
I still laugh at that scene. I mean, not as hysterically as I did the first time I saw it. My God, I remember the first time seeing it and just like, you know, split in a gut because it was like, that was fucking good. But I mean, I still laugh. Like it still makes me chuckle when I watch that scene. Um, Oh, and then there's, oh, fuck, the fucking science project. Oh, sorry, uh, biology project uh, with Tamara and McCullough. That fucking scene is so goddamn cheesy. God, it's horrible. But I fucking laugh my ass off every time. And then, of course, there's Geek Kid with his fucking camera. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry, but... They made the dude look like really geeky and whatnot, but they made him look like he was really smart. How was he not smart enough to realize he was being used? I get it. It's a bad movie. It's doing what it's supposed to do. But it was just like, really, dude? Like, you can't tell that this chick is taking you for a fucking ride, but whatever. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't fucking care. I watch this movie. I expect it to be bad. I expect it to be cheesy. I know what I'm getting into. I don't fucking care. I love this fucking movie. Um... Now, and another weird scene, the the whole bit with like that, like the kid version of Jason following Rennie around and like showing up like in the mirrors and in the windows and shit like that. It's weird as fuck. Like, I get it. I know what they were trying to do. It's supposed to be that she, you know, has these memories of drowning years ago and she feels it was Jason pulling her down or whatever, but it's still fucking weird. Like, why this chick? What's her attachment to the whole fucking thing? Like, was she like a kid at Camp Crystal Lake? And, you know, did, did we ever have that backstory? We didn't. Who the fuck cares? Again, is one of those weird moments in the movie that's like, eh, all right, whatever. Can we see some more killing? <laughs> like, you know, another sleeping bag kill? That's still one of my favorite kills in all the Friday the 13th movies. Chick in the sleeping bag, pick her up, boom right up against a tree fuck god i love that um but that's not this movie so moving on uh i will say uh, okay this must have sucked for kane hodder but jason looks fucking sweet in this movie like he looks fucking tits pardon the expression if that offends you why do i say that shit you guys should know by now like i i talk very fucking blunt but whatever um Jason looks fucking awesome, but like Kane Hodder, it must have sucked for him to be like constantly wet and slimy. Like, and I, if I remember correctly, I remember, is it the Camp Crystal Lake memoirs or memories? Sorry. Um, documentary. I think it was on there. It might, it might not have been. I don't, I can't fucking remember where I heard it, but that it was like really cold when they filmed this movie. So that would have had to suck even more. I mean, his nipples must've been hard the whole fucking time. Probably had to put like tape over him to hide him, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I know it's a really bad joke, but whatever. Fuck off. Um, seeing the twin towers in this movie is kind of creepy these days. Um, it's weird, you know, like, and I, I think, fuck, I'm trying to remember what episode it was I mentioned this, but I, like I've always had a fascination with New York. Growing up as a kid, whatever, and the Twin Towers always stood out whenever I watched, you know, like New York movies, like movies that took place in New York. There's three things that always stood out. The Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty, and the Twin Towers. But seeing them in movies now, you know, post 9-11, it's... It, it gives me goosebumps sometimes. Like it makes the hair on my arm stand up, like almost like Thanos is invading New York and Spider-Man Spidey sense goes off. 
I bring that up because everyone and their mother has been watching Infinity War lately. Uh, <laughs> it got released digitally. And I knew it was going to happen, but whatever. Um, I say but whatever a lot this episode. I've noticed that. I'm probably going to subtitle this like the whatever episode, but whatever. <laughs> uh, other things I wanted to mention about, okay, the music. You guys know me. I like paying attention to my music scores. Uh, Fred Mullen's music is okay. It's definitely not Harry Manfredini's though. Like I, I'm a Manfredini guy. I, I remember the the score from you know uh, Fridays one through four. Actually, I think didn't he did up to part six if I remember correctly, and then he came back in nine. I know that. Um, one of the few good things about you know Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, but yeah, the music, don't get me wrong, the music's okay in this, but it's different. And it, it, you definitely could feel it was not a Harry Manfredini score. Um, uh, here we go here on my notes. Uh, how many of you remember the interview on the Arsenio Hall show? Yeah, seriously, go back and watch that. It's fucking priceless. Um, I will say this. Now, this is me thinking uh, from a fan's perspective and not so much on a business perspective. Fucking learn to talk, Paul. Um, my tongue gets tight a lot. I don't know why. I'll blame it on the epilepsy. But anyways, <laughs> it's not the epilepsy. But um, yeah, for um, okay, let me put it this way: for a movie whose budget was five million, and they finished at fourteen point three mil as a taken, that's not too shabby for a bad Jason flick. Like honestly, they more than doubled. Isn't that good? Yeah, go figure. So Paramount, on the other hand, turn around and go after the disappointing results at the box office. We're going to sell the franchise to New Line Cinema. And Jason Takes Manhattan ended up being the last feature that Paramount would ever produce uh, until the the remake, of course. But uh, yeah, you know, for me, like me personally, I didn't think it was that bad, but I don't know, whatever. Again, whatever. I'm such a valley girl today. Fuck, what the hell's wrong with me? Um, the film, yeah, like it grossed, it grossed only. Like I like how Paramount says only. It's like fuck. What do, you, what do you expect you're gonna make from a fucking slasher, especially at you know the end of the '80s when, at, by this point, there had been so many fucking slasher movies like. It was going to take like a miracle to draw people in. Like, I, I don't know. I don't get it. But anyways, uh, they considered it. It was the lowest grossing film of the series. They considered it a box office bomb and they sold it to New Line Cinema. I mean, granted, they sell it to New Line Cinema. So we got Freddy versus Jason out of it. So I'm, I'm not going to completely complain. And New Line Cinema was, you know, brave enough to put Jason in space, which <laughs> I know not everyone likes that, but I fucking love it myself anyways. Um, but, you know, it, this is like and the, the, the part that made me laugh. I, I'm reading these numbers and whatnot, and I'm thinking this is what they call a box office bomb. OK, so a movie like Batman versus Superman that, you know, the the budget on that was like 250 million. If they did 14.3 million, I would understand all the anger and hate. But that movie like grossed like 800 million worldwide and including Blu-ray and DVD and digital sales and the whole fucking 9 yards. Like that movie's still making fucking money. I don't care what anyone says. A movie like that is not a bomb. And yet, you know, 
New Line Cinema, or sorry, Paramount, is looking at Jason saying, well, okay, 14.3 mil on a budget of 5 mil. Like you, like I said, it more than doubled it. I don't fucking understand it, but whatever is fucking whatever. And like I said, I've been saying whatever a lot this episode. I think you know why? I'm going to explain this to you guys. I'll tell you why I keep saying it, because I don't fucking care. I love this fucking movie. <laughs> That's the subtitle for this episode. I love this fucking movie. And one of my final thoughts on this, if the song Darkest Side of the Night, which is the song that, you know, is at the beginning of the movie and it's the end credit movie song and whatnot, if that doesn't symbolize the music of the 80s, then I don't know what does. That is such an 80s fucking song. It is, and it's perfect. Like, I don't know, like, I fucking love that song and I forget who actually sings it. Like who it's credited to. It's something like, I want to say like Hollywood Sweet or something like that. I know I'm probably like way the fuck off. I got to actually go look it up after, but I have the song, but it's like on my computer, it's listed as like Friday the 13th part eight, darkest side of the night because the person I kind of downloaded it from, um, yeah, they didn't know the name of the artist either. So it's something I've just never looked up. I'm just like, I want the, you know, Jason eight song. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, some, some may think that this is the darkest side of the worst of the Jason films. Um, me personally, I begged differ because IMDb gave this movie, well, like, you know, fans, you know, vote on there and whatnot. It has a rating of 4.6 out of 10. I didn't even look at Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't want to fucking know. They probably would have given it like a five or something out of a hundred. And it was like, no, I don't, I, I don't want to know. Uh, but yeah, IMDb 4.6 out of 10, my rating nine out of fucking 10. Cause I love this fucking movie. This movie is, it, you know what? It's not scary. It's Jason Voorhees and it's fun. I don't give a fuck. Seriously. Like I just love this fucking movie and I'm going to stop saying that now. <laughs> I love this fucking movie. No, but I'm going to stop saying that because you know what? This is the end of the review and thank you for listening. <laughs> but yeah you know what and i know this movie it critics slam it and i mean i know i what was it i think roger ebert gave it like 1.5 out of 4 or something like that whatever go fuck himself like it's just fun it, and that's the thing like you know people will say like the nightmare on elm street movies that they got campy and you know freddy started like cracking more one-liners than he was killing people and stuff i think you know like I say, like the, by the end of the 80s, there were so many slashers. You had to try and reinvent it somehow to make it work. Because, I mean, unless you hyped up the gore. But at that time period, people really weren't going to these movies for the gore. Like, that was... That, that sort of reinvented itself later. And then you got movies like Hostel and The Human Centipede that are just, you know, going out of their way to try and gross you out. But, um, yeah, like... It's just a fun movie, and like I know that if if I seriously and I realize this makes me sound a bit like a hypocrite because just last week I'm talking about Super Mario Brothers and I give it a three out of ten because it's just abysmal to me. Where then I, I the next week I follow it up with Jason Takes Manhattan, which is another movie that in its own right, yeah, it's somewhat abysmal. But when I take into consideration how much fun I have with this movie and just seeing these like campy teenagers and no pun intended because you know they were supposed to be camping 
um, on a boat <laughs> on their way to New York. But anyways, <laughs> I don't know. I just I enjoy the shit out of this this stuff and. 9 out of 10 for me seems reasonable. I know that other people may disagree, but it is what it is. I actually, I had written a letterbox review for this on uh, letterbox.com slash WLB underscore podcast zero. <laughs> I'm plugging that. But anyways, and, you know, I, I wrote on there that, I, you know, I thought it was a 9 out of 10 myself. And one of my followers actually, like, liked my review. So I was like, okay, I'm not the only one that thinks like this. As a matter of fact, a lot of people I talk to, they do really enjoy this film. It's an enjoyable film. It's, it symbolizes what the end of the 80s was. You know, it was a time period where horror movies and the slasher genre in particular was really losing its luster. And they were just doing stupid shit now to see if they could get people back in the seats. It wasn't until, you know, I Know What You Did Last Summer and Scream came out that all of a sudden the slashers picked up again but we kind of we kind of went more the route of the pg-13 slasher as opposed to the rated r slasher but it is what it is i mean slashers still kind of stuck around and now we're in an era where fuck like horror movies are just dominating the movie theaters every time they come out so you know it that's one thing you know people will say oh the horror genre it dies out and this and that it might you know fizzle out for a bit but it always comes back strong so that's that that's all i have to say um next week is going to be a change from the normal uh next week's episode is not going to be a movie review uh it's going to be done a little bit differently obviously i'll talk about like you know current shit you know stuff i bought stuff i watched books i've read you know all that fun crap some news or whatever but the main topic next week is going to be a top five countdown. And I used to do these on my old podcast and I haven't, I haven't done one for this podcast yet. So I'm going to do one next week. And uh, because of uh, my passion for Castle Rock and, you know, everything Stephen King lately, it's going to be a countdown of my favorite Stephen King movie adaptations. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying they're the best. I'm saying my favorite. So be prepared because you may not like my top five and I'm just saying that, okay? So you may turn around and go, what in the fuck? How does that movie make it and such and such movie doesn't? Because I'm going based on my favorite Stephen King movies, not whether or not they're the best because trust me, I know what the best are, okay? We all know what the best Stephen King movies are. But I'm going to go based on the ones that I've had the most fun with, the ones that I watch the most and whatnot. That's what it's going to be next week. So it's going to be an interesting kind of countdown thing, but it's also going to be a different kind of episode. It's not going to be a specific movie review. I'll be, I'll kind of touch up on each of the movies, but it's not going to be like a, a movie review per se. I kind of want to like change things up a bit. So next week, top five favorite Stephen King movie adaptations. Um... Before we go, before we go, uh, just going to say you can find the podcast where you can find me, uh, nextlevelradioonline.com. That is the home of the podcast. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's next nextlevelradioonline.com slash podcast zero. If you uh, want to find the podcast, that's where to go. Uh, and not to mention, there's a whole fuck ton of other podcasts on there. DC Primetime is a weekly one. They, they're every week. Melting Pad is a weekly one. So there's always new episodes caffeine crew i believe is every two weeks or every month um and like like there's uh two fat dudes is another one that's constantly week after week uh panels to pixels i believe is like once a month 
So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different uh, podcasts on there. Me, I'm trying to get back into the routine of a weekly podcast because I know I fucked off for a bit there. You know, had some shit to get together in my head and whatnot. And plus, just, you know, health problems with the dog and job schedules and shit like that. Everything got a mess the last couple months, and I'm trying to, like, get back on track. So, mine's hopefully going to remain weekly now. Um, uh, for, uh, the, like I said, you know, Facebook, a lot of people uh, joined into uh, following the account. Uh, if you'd like to, facebook.com slash whatlurksbehindpodcastzero. Join, join the lurkers, uh, resistance, revolt, whatever you want to fucking call us. Uh, come along because, like, you know, I, I do a lot at, primarily with Facebook and Instagram. Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero. Those are the two you'll find me the most at. Um, I do have a Twitter account. It's at WLB podcast underscore zero. You can find me there if you want. Uh, letterboxed. I already kind of plugged earlier, but I'll say it again. Letterboxed.com slash wlb underscore podcast zero and there's the horror amino account which i'm kind of on kind of not it's it's one of those things like every now and then i'll pop on post something and then i kind of disappear for a couple days and whatnot but that's that uh thank you again for listening like i said next week top five countdown of my favorite stephen king movie adaptations thank you everyone for listening thank you for being cool and being patient with me And until next week, just remember, you're all going to die. You're the last ones. He's come back for you, Jason Voorhees. He came up the river and he's gotten on board. He walks this ship here and now, listening to this podcast, and now he's pissed off. We're all going to fucking die. Gotta see it.